any of you who use computers will know that um, there is an absolutely wonderful program that you, you can look up things called Google. And you just type in what you want to know, and then suddenly it's all in a few instants, it's there. Um, well, it, you'd be surprised to know that in 2012, because they, they count the number of um, visits or questions, that what is love was the most popular search for 2012. So it, it's clearly a question that mystifies lots of people. Um, and we all know that well-known reading of 1 Corinthians 13, you know, describing love, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, nor self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never, never fails, and etc. It's one of those passages that most have heard of, and most Christians and non-Christians and people who don't go to church, probably it's the only verse they've heard from the Bible, because it's a description of love, and it often comes up in marriage, the marriage service, so... It's, um, it's quite a thing and strikes a chord. Um, excuse me. <laughs> my dog chewed my, um, chewed my sermon and I rep reprinted it this morning before I came out. But, uh, <laughs> and it's gone a bit out of order. But anyway, actually love is much more than this. It's, it's obviously a very broad thing. Um, God's commandment to love God and to love one another are by far, far the most important demands on our lives. And love is dealt with in verses in John 21, 15 to 19. It's one that all of us will know, really, from which we can learn a, a lot about God's love and our reaction to it and his reaction to it. And this is a passage where some of its true meaning has been somewhat obscured by the biblical translation. This is what happened on one occasion when Jesus had risen and he appeared to the apostles after his crucifixion. They were sitting around a table having a meal with Jesus. When they'd finished eating, Jesus looked across at Simon Peter, looked him in the eye and said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? He replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. The Bible doesn't make it clear who Jesus was referring to. Was he talking about his, his fishing gear, his boats and things, or was he talking about his friends, the apostles? But, I mean, we've got to assume that's what it was because um, there's a situation that they were and that it was the apostles he was talking about. In the original language, Jesus used the word agape for love. And this is the absolute tops. Agape is God's gift of love. Agape is absolute form of love. Agape is a totally unselfish and willing to serve type of love. When Peter replied using the love, when he replied, he used the love in the filio form. And this is a second level and less intense. It's more like Yes, Jesus, I like you. Maybe brotherly love. And I have a tender affection for you. Jesus then said to him, 
feed my lambs. You can imagine Jesus leaning across the table and looking at him intently and saying again, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Simon Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus then said, take care of my sheep. Again, Jesus asked him using the word agape, and Peter answered using the filio term. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time Jesus used the same term, filio, for love, as Peter had. Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my sheep. Well, what are we to make of this? If we look back to Luke 22, the account of the Last Supper, here Jesus again chose to speak to Simon Peter in front of all the others. In verses 31 to 34, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you from the wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, you strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and death. And this was quite a bold statement of allegiance. Jesus answered, will you really lay your life down for me? I really think that makes us think, would we do that? <laughs> I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. And we know that he did in fact deny knowing Jesus those three times. He must therefore have felt very guilty about this and really felt he was a cowardly failure. How could he then say to Jesus that he loved him in an, in an agape way? How could he believe he was really worthy even to be in Jesus' presence? He would have felt considerable shame in front of all his friends. And yet what actually happened, Jesus knew Peter's heart and was quite prepared to settle for the lower level of love. Jesus had not taken Peter aside and admonished him privately, but he'd spoken to him in front of all the others. Just as he had told Peter that he would deny him when the others were present at the Last Supper. Jesus prayed for him that after such a cowardly failure, that, of course, Jesus knew would happen, that Peter would be able to come back stronger than ever to strengthen his brothers. Like Peter's three denials, Jesus made a correlation with this by asking him three times if he loved him. What we must learn from this is that despite Peter's obvious failings, each of Jesus' replies to each of Peter's answers to his question, do you love me, was to publicly commission Peter to lead, love and serve his fellow people when Jesus had returned to heaven. So what greater acclamation of love that Jesus could give to Peter besides than entrusting Peter with his precious sheep? Despite what had happened, Jesus wanted to do this in front of all the others to simply prove 
that Jesus considered him now well qualified to lead them. Jesus fully understood why he had answered as he had and he understood perfectly the human condition. We need to try to do our best but we do, need, do not need to worry as Jesus really blesses us. He knows and fully understands the difficulty and guilt of failure that we all find in building love, a loving relationship with God. We must always remember what is in Mark 12 and this I think we have to repeat to ourselves all the time where we read, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The love Jesus is referring to is to love God with that difficult, high, agape love. Our, our God of love requires us to try as hard as we can throughout our lives to love him with as much as we are humanly capable of. And we do have the full help of the Holy Spirit to achieve this. Our God of love requires us to serve and love others as much as we are able. And we do have the full help of the Holy Spirit to achieve this. These are God's first two and biggest commandments and these are signs of Christian love. I read this somewhere that med where I was reading Mother Teresa wrote and I thought this was quite good. I'll read it to you. I pray and through my prayer I have become one in love with Christ and see that praying to him is to love him. Our answer to God for his tremendous love is total surrender. Total surrender involves loving trust in him. So, shall we love the Lord? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, in spite of our, our failings and our difficulties with agape love, we surrender ourselves to you. In spite of what we are, we are amazed that you love us as you do. We are of inestimable value to you. Thank you that you love us through and through. Thank you that nothing or nobody can remove us from your love or your presence. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that today and for the rest of our lives, that by your Spirit, you will inflame our hearts and beings. Fill us to the brim with your love and remove everything from us that is unloving, unkind, ungrateful, unholy, and anything that's not in accordance with what you want of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.